governor's already shown some. Why don't you? Why don't you? Right then, guys. Um, that's not Harry Potter. This isn't Harry Potter. I'm mixing up my <laughs> themes. What's this about, Louise? What is it? This about? slide. What does this slide mean? Oh, it's a nice, friendly environment, and we're all free to say what we want. Marvelous. Oh, because they're two stormtroopers holding hands looking at the sunset, which is us metaphorically doing this, looking at the sunset of research. Or the sunrise of research, because the sun never sets on research. Oh, God. So, this won't take up a full hour, but I'm just going to talk about some of the randomization principles and some of the terms that you guys may have heard about. And there's a bit of a Harry Potter theme gathered and I'm going to randomise you several times and we'll see what you get. So we've got a choice of two today, wine gums and jelly babies. Who prefers wine gums? Yes, come on. Two people. Woo, woo, woo. Who prefers jelly babies? That means we get two Yes, here we go. Come on. Chris, don't I'm care. To, I eat sweets. Don't care. <laughs> You're going into this trial completely open-minded. I don't care. I just want to help research. If I'm getting sweets, I'm happy. Amy, do you have a preference? Um, I don't really. I don't particularly like either. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're not particularly sure if you want to be randomised now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I eat sweets. I just don't want them. <laughs> 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 you made me, I'll eat <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, why do we randomise, guys? Because we look like that. Mm. Do you have a scary fire? <laughs> so so it's fair? How, what, fair in what way? Because the process of randomization is random. Yes. So you don't get people picking which intervention they want. Because then you probably people? have everybody picking the actual treatment and not the placebo. You don't get the study people go, well, I think this person's not going to do well anyway, so I'll put them into the yes. placebo. Yes. This person should do well, but even if they won't do the treatment, I'll put them into the core. So which trials use randomization? Including the name. RCTs. RCTs, randomized controlled trials, okay. And what do they normally involve? What's the trial what's the trial model? What intervention versus standard of care or placebo? Yeah, absolutely. So it's usually this is our current standard and here is a new thing that we think could be better, or at least not inferior. Or um, we're gonna try TXA, because everybody loves TXA at the moment, versus a placebo to see if that helps in whatever bleed. Good, cool. And if you're saying to patients, there's this new round of treatment, they may well always want to go for the new treatment, so there'd be a bias there. But like Chris said, you may be setting up your trial and you may know that you only want nice, young, fit people to be in your trial and the older, sicker people, they can have the placebo and then it will show that your amazing new treatment works. Cool. Um, what models of randomization do we use in our current trials? You guys, when you're randomizing a patient, what usually happens? You can do it by telephone. Telephone? So how does that work, Lucy? So you usually have a generic phone number that mm -hmm. takes you to an um, automated randomization service and you'll have a site number related to your particular site. And then you put that in and then it randomizes it for you. I'm not sure how that works, but then it depends what blocks they are, so sometimes they might be randomised one to one, mm -hmm. or they may be randomised in a different way. Okay. 
which we'll talk about during this session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's also website randomization, so you can put in the patient's details yeah. and it'll say this is the code and you just that's the code, that's fine. It's like a big bingo ball thing. Yeah. Again. Throw them all in yeah. and get whichever. Although it's not as random as that sometimes. So some sometimes they'll you get randomized. It is still random, but you'll get randomized based on age. So you don't get a lot of so they want to spread the intervention out across the whole ages, yeah, stratification. So depending on what your age is, then you'll get so it's kind of yeah. Does that make sense? It's like a bingo ball, but bingo but it can be it's lots a of very complex things. algorithm that the computer can do yeah. instantaneously and would take us a long time. Yeah. The more you stratify, the yeah. more patients you need. So Absolutely. You know, yeah. From a running a trial point of view, you, if you're not cool. going to get many, you don't want many stratifications. Whereas yeah. if you think you're going to get a thousand people in, you can say, oh, well, envelope randomization, that's a thing as well. So you just pick out the envelope. You agree to be in the trial, that's great, and then you open up the envelope and it says what you're going to give the patient. It can easily be compromised, you can always hold an envelope up against light. Well, actually the Eclipse ones were made of cardboard, so you There you go, exactly. So you can have a look and go, hmm, I don't quite like the look of that one unless you make it completely opaque. Good. Yeah. Uh, there's also next box randomization, so you literally just have a store of boxes and it's just literally the next one you pull out and that's going to they be... They have errors when you can't count. <laughs> Good. Um, and uh, see, so it's telephones, website, there's next box, there's envelopes, all different things. Cool. So we're going to use you use some terms already there, such as stratification and stuff. So we're going to uh, do some of uh, those randomizations now. So what I'd like you all to do is stand up, please. Okay. So? I don't have a hat. I don't have a hat. I almost bought it. Right then. So, if you get heads, you go and have a white gun. If you get tails, you go and you get a jelly baby. Does that sound right? Heads, white gun, tails, jelly baby. You can have one. Yeah, have one, please. That's what they're there for. Tails, Chris. There you go. Okay. So take a seat, take a seat where you're at. Have a sweet. Okay. You have to randomise these sweets themselves. No, you can have whatever sweet you want. Well, as long as I'm not adding in extra layers of randomisation, that'd be too much. Cool. So, uh, good randomisation? The batch. Could be worse. Okay, so if I was doing a trial on which sweet give makes you the most productive, was this a good form of randomization? Mm -hmm. uh, you were my you were my cohort, you were my uh, participants, and I randomized you. It's not quite even. It's not quite even. So this is what's called simple randomization. And essentially, it can be just a coin toss. You can pull out a, a card, for example. It's a binary choice. You could use a random number generator. This is what's known you could as have 80 in this and 20 in that. Well, absolutely. So this is great, a bit like Chris was saying about sample size. This is great if you've got a 1,000 people, because eventually you are going to get a 50-50 split, eventually close enough. Whereas on a small group, I've got three over here in this sample um, having wine gums, and you guys are over here in this arm of my trial having uh, jelly babies. So we've got a five to three split. Okay, so if I find that jelly babies make you the most productive, 
uh, I've skewed my data because, well, there's more of you in that trial, so you'd be doing more work. Than you. Wouldn't it just be skewed because most of them like any babies? Let's also say that as well. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, so, so simple, good for large, not so good for small. You all had a sweet? Mm. Yeah, thank you. Good. Marvellous. If you want to come back into the middle then guys, let's do another source of randomization. Stand up. So I've got down. So So if we do Jelly Baby, Jelly Baby. So you go over there. Uh, wine gum, wine gum. Go over there. Jelly baby, <laughs> wine gum, wine gum, jelly baby. Oh, we did that. Oh, no. Jelly baby. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Jelly baby, jelly baby, jelly baby. Do you want to trade, Matt? Take a seat, Matt. Take a seat. You're not, not going to be there for long. Don't worry. It's rude. Okay, so this looks a bit better, doesn't it? I've got a four and four. So this is what we call block randomization. So block randomization is say you've got a population like this and it's often blocks of four. Okay, so what you do is you split your, uh, your participants into fours and you'll have sort of random codes. So say ABBA, so ABBA, ABAB, ABAB, and AB. Okay. But essentially, if you notice, after each block, you get an equal number of people going to each arm of your trial. So what this guarantees is you get an even split between both arms of your trial. So say A is wine gums, B is jelly babies, you've got an equal split, as we have here, four and four. Everybody had another sweet? Yeah. Good. Do you want to stand back up in the middle? Let's do a bit more. Oh, we are. Right. So, I need you to, people who prefer wine gums on this side, please. People who prefer jelly babies on this side, please. And for those of you who are a bit in the middle, you need to make a choice. Don't. So you're going to jelly babies? <laughs> I was near the jelly babies and the wine I really don't care, so. Okay, cool. Come on, join the wine gum team. Okay, right then. So once again, heads for wine gums, uh, tails for jelly babies. So, so that's an example of what we call stratified uh, randomization. So say you know that there's potentially a confounding factor in your trial. Age could be one of them. So say you're doing a trial that's looking at uh, rehab outcomes in surgery, you know, and you were doing a new intervention and you wanted to see the rehab outcomes, but you know that age is going to be a factor in that. If you're older, you've got more comorbidities that could impact on your rehab potential. So what you do is you first do a stratification, so you'd separate those people out into, two, into a different arm, and then you do a simple randomization based on that. So here I just went on who prefers which suite and then randomized you. So that I could then go, so I know that some nurses prefer wine gum, some nurses prefer jelly baby. So if I was looking at nurse productivity, I would first stratify you and then randomize you as a way of getting around that, if that makes sense. So alternatively, you could have a cohort of uh, 
Hogwarts students and you want to see if you can stop some of them becoming evil uh, and some of them staying good. You know that Slytherins are more likely to be evil than uh, Gryffindors, so you separate out your Gryffindors and your Slytherins before you then randomise. Does that make sense? This is like the coolest talk ever. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Does that make sense so far? So we've looked at simple, we've looked at block, and this is stratified. So, can I class? Do you yeah. then amalgamate all your results together then? Would you still have or would you have like your separate stratified results compared to your So you can have your separate stratified results, but then you, you look at your overall, so you can say that I've got my intervention versus my placebo arm, but you mention that you've stratified. And then you share the results yeah. in each stratification. Yeah. It's, they're called covariate, so it's just a way of getting around those basically, because otherwise you can say, well, it's been messed up because I've got patients who are younger and fitter mixed in with patients who are older and not as fit. But if you do it this way, it, it sort of helps that. You tend to see like on the, on the tables that the, like when presented the results, they'll show like so if age is one, they'll show actually in group A the average age was 45, yeah. group B the average age was 47, and that's fine. Um, and that's was found to be we stratified to get that. Whereas if you don't, you end up saying actually. Group A, the average age was 13, and Group B, the average age was 17. Right. And then some person goes, well, this is a good try. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is cluster randomization? Do you have a group of A? The first 10 patients should come to a group yeah. A, first, the second 10, and then B, the third group, then A. Yeah. So, in cluster randomization, you have a group of participants, say it could be the first 10, then the second 10, the third 10, etc and that is your cluster. So you would be my cluster, and that is a group of participants, and you would get either wine gums or jelly babies. And then the next group who came in would get the other one, etc. and so on. Okay. When do you think you might do a cluster like that when you've got a large group? So we did um, the poppy study, which was looking at psychological interventions patients on intensive care and that was cluster randomised for sight because you were looking at the intervention was providing psychological, psychological support for patients on intensive care so if you randomised within a site so some of the patients received psychological support and some of them didn't the people that are trained to give the psychological support if they were then looking after a patient that was, was randomised to not have any support can't guarantee that they are subconsciously giving them the support, so it was done by sight, mm -hmm. so that you're either giving psychological support or you weren't. So that's a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's those ones where you've got an intervention that needs a large number of people. So, another one would be say you wanted to do uh, an educational event for people with diabetes, for example. Having one person going to everybody participants' house to give them a talk on how to do, how to optimise their diabetes control would just completely be inefficient, you couldn't do it. But if you had an educational event and you had invited 100 people to that event and held it, and then you had another 100 patients who didn't have that event, those would be your two clusters, because you can have that one single event, you know, psychological convention, you can then have that place. Does that make sense? Cool. So if you guys come back into the middle, you're going to be my cluster. So, heads for wine gums, tails for jelly babies. See what everybody gets. 
everybody gets Jelly Baby. <laughs> that's, an, that's an example of cluster randomization. You would be my cluster, and we'd see how you would all do now giving you a Jelly Baby versus a cluster of nurses um, who've been given um, wine gums. So that's how we would do it. Uh, and there are uh, scales for looking at how varied individuals are within a cluster. It's called the intracluster coefficient. And then finally, just to we'll look at one to two or one to three. So we've looked really at a kind of a, a trying at a one to one randomization. So one goes to one group, one goes to another group, and trying to get things as evenly matched as we possibly can. One to two as the name implies, one goes to one arm, two to another, or even one to three, so one goes to one, three goes to the other arm. Why do you think we might use this sort of randomization? Because it seems a little bit weird. If it's fairly, I mean, if the placebo arm, I suppose, is like really well documented as to what the results are for that, yes. there is actually, there isn't very much documentation for what you want for your arm, yep. but it's likely to be a small, sample size to yep. kind of power yours to show what the results would be and yep. you can just say actually my placebo results fit very well in line with all this other evidence and then yep. you think actually I'm going to come from to do a better analysis on the yep. placebos with other trials to show that that's... So if you certainly, if you're more interested in your intervention, especially if you've got different doses for your interventions, so this is often used if you're not entirely sure of the efficacy, the correct dose, so this way, if you've got more into one intervention, you can then look at different doses of your, your of whatever your new drug is during in that arm. Yeah. Why else might you do it? If you have three interventions. Absolutely. So again, you're into sort of dose. You're into sort of um, dosing regimes. You're into you know if there's some uncertainty about that. Another one is cost. So if one arm is particularly cheaper than the other, you might go more towards the cheaper arm. So as a way of keeping the cost of your research down. Sounds a bit dubious. That is one one Surely that will do. Because more, more than likely, the intervention is going to be where the cost is. Yep. Although sometimes the placebo is more expensive, but then yep. you just look at it. So if there is a great discrepancy, yeah. you might put more towards the more expensive arm. I'm not entirely comfortable with that idea, but that is one reason. Yep. Uh, another one is I read is recruitment. So if you are, if you think that if your subject has a three times greater chance of getting the new wonder drug, they are more likely to sign up for your study, and that's opened up into them in the re in the literature. That is one reason to do three to one. Uh, again, you could question how ethical that is. Uh, and um, if there is that much uncertainty about the benefits and the risk, etc., you could wonder why you're doing that trial in the first place. I'd imagine that in all good RCTs, it's usually one to one. I imagine so, yeah. I think this is one of those things that you have to be very, very clear in your research as to why you do what you're doing. Okay. Um, so, if you'll stand up. So, if we'll do a, shall we do a two to one? Shall we do a two-to-one randomization? So if we go wine gum, wine gum, jelly baby, wine gum, wine gum, jelly baby, wine gum, wine gum. There we go, if you want to go to oh, your places. Oh, you made my day. You press tape, sir. I did wonder.
Do you want to take a seat and have whatever sweets you want now? It's free choice. Free choice. You could do all two. Cattle hit. Wouldn't be a one to three. It'll be a one to one to one to one. Yeah. No. I was thinking of red three map cat. No. So but that's yeah. That'll that'll probably be yeah. So, our next session is the 19th of December. I've got to work out a Christmassy theme for blinding. So what do you think the pun is this month? There's always a pun. It's going to be Hogwarts related. Yeah, so I thought it was. There we go. Thank you guys. Thank you for Thank you for letting me randomise you.